0: Hey, good evening, Facebook, YouTube, Periscope. We have a special guest tonight. Um, I'll let her explain who she is, but uh, her name is Monique Latisse Scott. She is a, a resident, a lifelong resident of Patterson, New Jersey. And uh, Monique, you can explain to the audience everything about yourself without me even having to ask you the questions.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, everyone. My name is comedian Monique Latisse, born and raised in the city of Patterson. Um, I am a, I'm celebrating my 10th year in comedy. Um, I'm a mother. Um, I'm also a business development rep for uh, North Jersey Federal Credit Union. So I also do financial literacy, celebrating 25 years um, with my company. Um, I am an activist for mothers with incarcerated loved ones. My son is serving uh, a seven year sentence and he's coming home this year. Praise God. Great, great. great. So um, I'm I'm put on this earth to deliver a message. And the platform that God chose for me is comedy. Um, And this year I just opened up one of the first black comedy clubs in New Jersey by a female comedian. Well
0: wow. congratulations.
1: That's who I am.
0: <laughs> congratulations. Thank you. So 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 tell us about your journey as a comedian. Um I mean when when did
1: you realize this was good this was the journey that the creator chose for you. Well, I've always loved entertainment. Um, I, I remember when Eric B. and Rakim, Biz Markie, um, New Edition, they all would come to Patterson and perform. I was about 13 years old, and I wanted to be on stage with them so bad. Like, I would literally walk around the stadium where they would come and perform. And, like, I wish I knew someone. I wish I could get you on. Know, because I, w- I used to rap and I used to dance. So like I felt like I needed to be on stage, but I didn't know anyone that can get that can get me in. So I I, I always knew in comedy not not comedy, but I always knew that entertainment was what God had called me to because I used to entertain family. I wasn't the funny girl. I'm actually very a serious person. I wasn't you know most comedians they like you know I always knew I was funny. I was the class clown. I was this and I was that. <laughs> I, I, I love music. I thought I was going to be in music. I thought I was going to be like a record producer. I thought I was going to be um, maybe, you know, in plays, acting and so forth. I didn't realize that he had comedy for me. It took me a while. I mean, like I went through a lot of dark moments and I finally, I think I was about, I must've been about 35. And I was like, listen, God, I need you to show me why you created me. I need you to make it clear because I was really depressed. I was really going through a lot, you know, with my children. I had just had a, you know, failed marriage. I was divorced, raising kids, my kids on my own, you know, really suffering from really bad depression. And um, I wasn't happy. I was on my job for about 15 years at the time and I didn't have a degree. So they were like kind of promoting me when they wanted to. Demote me when they wanted to. (laughs) They liked me today, didn't like me tomorrow. You know, um, for years I was the only black in the office. So it it was a lot on the job and I just couldn't find my my place in life. And it was a struggle. I had bad relationships with my parents. Um, My mother was a teenage mother when she had me. So it was a a struggle. And then one day I just, you know, I was like at my wits end, my back was against the wall. I, I was broke, I was hungry. Um, my son was having severe behavior problems in school and and it was just a lot. And I was like, Lord, I don't know what you want from me, but I need you to show me why you created me because I'm done. I'm good. I I can't do this. And kid you not. And I was really done. You know, people don't realize that you can die and still live. Mm. Say that again. You can die and still live. Mm -hmm. So I was to the point where I wasn't suicidal but I felt like I didn't care what happened to me. And that's that's suicidal thoughts. So mm-hmm. I was like, Lord, I need you to show me because I have no reason to fight. And he must have known, see, sometimes God wants us to hit rock bottom. And rock bottom is, people think that rock bottom is drugs, rock, rock bottom is alcohol. You can emotionally hit rock bottom. So I felt like I was emotionally at my lowest and God came in my life. And he said, girl, everything that you've gone through is a prerequisite for what I'm getting ready to do. And I didn't even have, I didn't realize what he was doing. Like he was setting me up to be able to share my story. And comedy came when I was in a barbershop one day and one of the dudes was like, yo, let's, I think you should, um, get on this comedy show that I'm doing. I'm like, well, why would you want me to get on a comedy show? I'm not funny. I don't come in here, make y'all laugh. But he was like, but the way you express yourself, the way you, you know, share your story, like we find it funny. Why don't you get on stage? And I was like, nah, I'm good. I was like, I'm gonna talk to my pastor. My pastor's gonna tell me, no, that's not godly. And you know, I'm gonna go ahead about my business. (laughs) You know, eventually my job is gonna see how great I am. They're gonna promote me. I'm gonna be an executive. I'm gonna learn all I can about finance. I had it all planned. (laughs) And none of that happened Um, because when you work for other people, like I said, they control how you move. They control your promotions, They control your demotions. They control your raises. So I had no say in it. Um, And my pastor was like, do your thing, girl. Go do your thing. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna try it. Went to an open mic and man, my life ain't never been the same.
0: My life has you, never been the so, so, so you was never you didn't get nervous going
1: up on that stage. What? I still get nervous. <laughs> I still get nervous. <laughs> it's the worst experience in the world. I get nervous. I got to throw up every day. Every time I have a show, I get a cold. Every so before, let me let me, show, let, let me ask you right.
0: So you 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 going up on that stage for that first time? Did you
1: have jokes or you just no, was like? I'm just talk no. about me. I didn't have, jo- it took me six years to write jokes. Hmm. I was winging it for six years.
0: Wow, wow. Six years. So you was able to talk about your experiences, your life, and able to paint the picture for people I to understand, was- and they, they were laughing at
1: <laughs> You know what I've been told? I've always loved people, and my energy is dope. I'm not bragging, I'm not bragging, but mm-hmm. my energy is dope, my energy is amazing so i remember when i my first couple of years i really vibed off of energy and um just being relatable and that won me over until i was mature enough to start writing material some people come in writing they haven't wow. you know they could have the energy and they, they add the energy on to the, later but i came in with the energy i would come on stage come on make some noise make Get the crowd crazy. And then I would drop the ball because I didn't have the material, but I learned one of the comedians that I looked up to, he pulled me to the side. He was like, yo, people watch you. People love watching you on stage. You're amazing. Your energy is undeniable, but you got to start writing material because you're still in shows from people who are working mm. on material you you still in shows so you got to start earning like you got to start writing material and i was a little upset about that i'm like well i like how i'm doing it but he was like nah, you got to start writing material you can't just go on stage and think your personality is going to win all your shows so i started you know i don't i don't actually write what i do is i'll go on stage try something And then if it's a good hit, I'll go back and I'll just kind of revamp it. That's why you hear a lot of comedians using the same joke, not because they don't have any other jokes. You have to perfect the joke. Yeah. So you got to say it over and over and over again until you perfect it. You know, that's that's common. Sometimes it takes years to perfect the joke. So let me ask you. So you started doing comedy basically in in Patterson at first. That's a good question. No, I went to an, an open mic. No, because I didn't know any comedians in Patterson. There was nothing, I didn't know any shows in Patterson. Um, I, you know, there was, but I kind of created the space in Patterson for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I started the first place I went to, do, to get on the mic was Bloomfield, had an open mic spot. I Googled it. So when people come to me and they say, I want to start comedy, could you help me out? I'm hard on them because for me, I, when I knew that I wanted to try it, I Googled open mics. I didn't expect anybody to put me on their show that didn't know me. I didn't go begging people. I Googled open mics and I showed up to the open mic. I went to four. The last day of the fourth, the last day of the open mic, a guy came up to me out of nowhere. He was like, yo, he was like, don't do any more open mics. He was like, you got a gift. He was like, go ahead to he was like, do your thing. You got a gift. Don't worry about it. Don't come back here no more. Because what was happening is I would go to the open mic and the crowd would go crazy. And I was so confused. I, I remember the first time I did an open mic, I went on for five minutes. And because Caucasians, they think everything funny. They think, they crack up. <laughs> I think my first joke, I think I said, hi, my name is Monique. Um, I'm fat. They went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah yeah and, i didn't find it funny i'm just giving y'all an introduction but they hollered and after the show they were like you know oh my god you're amazing so the guy was like go to new york so i went i googled um open mics in new york this is a great story actually this is a great story i google open mic open mics in new york Comedy <laughs> club was having open mics right so my daughter and i took the bus for the first time over to the city we got there a little early because I, I was nervous. So I, I wanted to get there like hours early. So I walked in the I walked into the Broadway comedy club, and this guy was like, Can I help you? And I'm like, I'm here for the open mic. He's like, Well, you too early, so you gotta wait outside. And I was like, Well, why are you being so nasty? And I remember he was so nasty to me. Um so I went outside and I was really upset that I came all the way from New York, I mean from New Jersey. The try open mic and the first person that I ran into was nasty to me. So me and my daughter was outside and we was going to stand out there to wait to go in. So we it was, we were like an hour early. Do you know this guy comes outside of the Broadway comedy club and he's smoking a cigarette. So I'm, I'm, I'm mad. I'm like, yeah, I can't believe he's so nasty. He ain't have to kick us out like that. And blah, 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 blah. so the guy says to me, Hey, what, what what's up with you? You know what? And I'm, I'm telling the guy, I'm like, the security guard kicked us out of here. I'm here for an open mic. He said, you're a comedian? I said, yeah. And he was like, why don't you come and try out for the Gloria Glitter Show? I'm like, the Gloria wow. Glitter show? He said, yeah, come on with me. I'll introduce you to Beverly Bonner. So me and my daughter looked at each other like, okay. So he brought us back in to the Broadway Comedy Club. We walked past the security guard. So the security guard was going to tell me to, hey, come back. I told you not to come in. So the guy was like, they're with me. So we go into this room where all these actors are, right? The guy was like, the white guy. He said, um, Beverly Bonner, she's a director, producer at the Broadway Comedy Club. We got a comedian here. Comedian. He said, What's your name? I said, Monique Latisse. Monique Latisse, she wants, she's here for an audition. And I was like, oh my God, what am I? You know, I was like, oh my God. So the lady was like, real mean. All right, she next. I'm like, oh my God. I was so scared. So, oh, so, who called me? She's like, Moni, come here. So my daughter was like, ooh. So I go up to her. She's like, give me your headshots. And I was like, what the freak is a headshot? So I, said, I I said a headshot. Yeah, your picture. So I had an old baby picture in my bag, a big a big size. My mother had just given me a big baby picture of me. So I pulled the <laughs> baby picture out, and I gave it to her. This is genius. Oh, my God, you're hilarious. I was like, oh, my God. She threw me on stage. She gave me a script. And I, I stuttered real bad. Like, I really, I don't know. I don't pronounce words correctly. You know, I struggled in school.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she was looking at me while I was reading the script. She said, damn, you can't read. She said, but it's something I like about you. She said, read it again. I read it again. I was stuttering. Some, it was some big-ass words in that script. And she was looking at me. She was like, Whoa. She was like, are nah, you here for an audition? Damn. Just like that. She said, I like you, though. It's something about you that I like. You have a you have a gleam in your eyes. She said, that's what I'm going to do. Go home, study the script, and come back next week to audition. I was like, OK. Went, went home, came back next week, still stuttering over the words, can't pronounce them right. She had the biggest words I have ever seen in my life in the script. <laughs> So she says to me, she says, you know what? You can't read worth shit. She said, but I want you to improv a lady in church that went through something and God saved her life. Oh, boy. I said, (laughs) I showed my tail. You hear me? I showed my improv entire tail. She said, you want the part. So I was going over to New York. Every weekend for a year doing improv shows with Miss Beverly Bonner. Wow. I didn't have any money. I was running through the toll booth. I I used to drive through the um, George Washington Bridge with no money, no gas. (laughs) And I would cry all the way there. I was like, Lord, I don't know why this is happening to me. Because I'm telling you, comedy came and, and hit me like a ton of bricks. It came and consumed my whole thought process from day one. So I remember driving through the tunnel in tears, Mm. the bridge in tears. I I couldn't find parks. I used to have to park all the way down by the Henry Hudson and walk up to um, 8th Ave and Broadway to the Broadway Comedy Club in tears. And I'm like, Lord, I, I don't know why this is happening to me, but I need you to make a way. So I did that for about a year. So the, I remember I called, I, I emailed Beverly Bond. I said, listen, I need to really start working on my comedy. So I'm not going to be able to do the improv anymore. I didn't have any more money to go across the bridge.
0: Yeah.
1: I was tired and I was broke. It was very exhausting. I, I couldn't do it no more. I wanted to find local shows to start practicing my standup. She said, well, wait a minute. Let's do a show where you headline the show. You're a comedian, right? I said, yeah, I had never, I never really did a real show. She said, well, we're gonna, I'm going to put together a show and you're going to headline. I was like, oh, God. You I was like, you sure? She was like, yeah, you're a comedian. So she did it. I headlined. And i never forget, my whole family came. People, strangers came up to me after the show. This lady came up to me. She said, you're a star. She said, you are a star. And I was like, you sure? Me? Really? She was like, you're a star. And um, the rest is history. Wow, so mm-hmm. I know
0: that I know that on your uh your bio you stepped you stepped on hollow ground into Apollo. How was that experience? Woo!
1: <laughs> well, put it this way I believe in anything that you do, you got to challenge yourself. If it don't hurt, I don't want it. I need to feel growing pains because that's what, especially when you know you're calling, you know, you got to go through some pain so that when you teach somebody else or show somebody else, you can speak from experience. Mm-hmm. So every year I always challenge myself. I put on my own one woman shows. I find ways to challenge my level of comedy. Um, I want—I said, you know what? I'm going to audition for Showtime at the Apollo. So my comedian uh, family, um, brothers and sisters, they thought I was crazy. You're already an established comedian. Why would you sit online for nine hours? And why would you audition and, and possibly get booed off stage? I'm like, because I want that experience. I want to know what it feels like. I want to be able to speak to people about going after your dreams because I don't want nobody giving me nothing. You know what I mean? I wanted to earn it. So I stood online for, I got there at six in the morning. I thought I was going to be the first one online. When I got there, it was about 300 people before me. Wow. And I was like, you couldn't tell me. I said, I'm up early. I'm in the city. I'm in wow. Harlem. I'm gonna be number one. I was like, I have your outfit on. It was thousands out there. I had a show that day in South Jersey, so I was like, I gotta go ahead and get this audition and then go go to my show. I didn't get I didn't get seen until four o'clock. My show was at six in South Jersey. Wow. By the time I walked up to, by the time I walked up to um, the platform to audition, I was exhausted. I was exhausted. I was crying. I was ready to go. I was mad because I wanted to walk out because I was like, I you know, I don't even know why I'm waiting this long. I got a show to do. I was so upset that I waited that long. So when I got on the mic to audition, I was in like, they was like, all right, we'll see you on October 31st. You made it. I was like, I couldn't believe it. So it made everything worth it. Like everything I felt just went out the window. Got to the Apollo on October 31st, um, came in third place. That's How how was that experience? It was amazing. It was nerve wracking. Um, I lost a couple of friends because my energy was, my anxiety was at a crazy level. Like (laughs) you couldn't just call me and say, Hey, what you doing? You ready for the show? I was like a nutcase. Um, and for a comedian, like they only give you a couple of minutes and like, you got to come on there and kill it and bounce. So I was able to come in third place the first round, which is unheard of really for a comedian. Um, because sometimes it take us a while to even get started. Yeah. Lunell was in the building the day I came in third place, so that was an extra victory that someone that I look up to in the comedy game saw a female come in third place. So after the show, you know, we took pictures, and that's something that I will always remember. She knows who I am now, so I felt good about that. Came back. was show. Wow! Wow! Soon as I got on stage, I got booed. As soon as you got on stage, you got booed. I got booed. They booed my butt so bad. My family—they was getting ready. To fight. It was crazy. Soon as I got on stage, boo! They booed me so bad. I was like, "Who are y'all booing?" I didn't know they was booing me. Wow! And I was embarrassed. I was. Uh, my grandmother had just passed away. I was embarrassed. My family was embarrassed. It was. It was hurtful.
0: So now we bring the journey to um how I got to see your your story on uh, Facebook. You have put in the black owned page that's that's really a tremendous page for everybody in New Jersey that has businesses. Um who the, the idea was great and it's hundreds of thousands of people and it's a great page. Right. Um, one of my one of my one of the co-hosts actually from the show, she shared it on her personal page. Uh mm-hmm. your your story of you, what you said about, you know, that you have a club. Yeah. Now, how did this come about? Like, getting a club, realizing you was you wanted a club home, like, that might have been, how was that feeling? Like,
1: I kind of always wanted a space. I've, I've kind of always wanted to have a space of my own, because I've been putting on shows from day one. And It kind of felt that I was kind of, I kind of took a leadership role in comedy. Like a lot of comedians would come to me and say, book me, book me. And I didn't really understand what was going on because doors weren't opening up for me the way I would like them to. Like I always felt like I had to work extra hard. I was up to seven shows a week prior to the club, prior to COVID. Um, So I was, I had my foot on the gas And it was getting exhausting. I felt like I had nothing to show for it because people didn't want to pay. Like I was Mm -hmm. doing all these shows, driving up and down New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, Boston, you know, flying out to California. And people wanted to give you $100 for a show, $200 for a show. And I felt like I was running a rat race. And I had made a promise when my son went to prison seven years ago that when he, by the time he comes out, I was going to be one of the top comedians. Um, And and I wanted to be able to have something for him to come home to, you know, whether it's employ him, whether it's um, have him travel with me. I wanted to be able to give him something that I worked for while he was in prison. Um, And last year, I felt like doors weren't opening up. You know, I I, I was I couldn't get out of Jersey like, you know, I, I was running around in a circle. And I was really discouraged. I was really feeling discouraged. Um, so late last year, and I was begging people, please put me on. If you in North Carolina, if you in Virginia, if you in in, in Tennessee, if you in Alabama, book me. I'm funny. I was sending videos. I was doing this. And, you know, I'm like, people tell me I'm funny. Why am I not? Why am I not getting these shows outside of New Jersey? Like, what's the problem? And God said, God woke me up out of my sleep one morning was like, oh, open up your own spot. I put you in a leadership position and sometimes the leader has to take an L and I didn't understand that. I'm like, I don't want to take an L. I want to be on, I want to get like everybody else getting, I don't want to take an L. And God said, I'm gonna do you like I'm, I did Abraham mm. go bless the world. And I'm gonna bless you. Open the door for somebody. Don't, don't, don't be selfish. Continue. Open the door for people. And I'm going to, through the door that you open for people, I'm going to open up a door for you. And I was like, that don't sound, that don't add up. So I said, well, if you want me to open up a comedy club, make it, you know, make the process, because I couldn't understand, I don't have the money, I don't have this, how am I going to open up a comedy club? And God said, this. go look for the spot, and I got you, because I have a full-time job. So I went looking at different spots, and I'm getting different prices. I'm like, Lord, I can't afford none of these spots. It's just me. I don't have a partner. You know, I got my little savings, but, you know, I don't have any, no big money. So I went to this one space in the mall and told them what I was looking to do. They was like, yo, we need that. We need that. So what can you afford to do? We set a price and everything just kind of flowed. I planned my grand opening, had over 600 people at my grand opening. Wow. Wow. We had one show planned. It was so many people trying to get in that we had to add two more shows to it. The comedians wow. came to support me. I had to throw them some bread to get on stage because there were so many people. I had to do different shows in different rooms. Wow! And it was rocking. My first six weeks of me opening, I was doing birthday parties, uh, different events. People were booking <laughs> my spot. It was rocking. The first black female to open up her own joint. It was. The comedians were loving it. People were booking their parties. It was. It was. I was like, "Yo, this is what I'm talking about." My son getting ready to come home we i'm you know we good six weeks later i didn't even know what was going on because i don't watch i haven't watched tv in two years so i had no idea that there was something called corona that was out there all i know is that people just started um canceling my shows um calling to get refunds for shows they had booked at my club so in two days I had to refund about ten thousand dollars in two days. Wow. And I was what's going on. So then as I'm asking people, reading, you know, Facebook and all this other stuff, I'm like, wow, this is what's happening. And then I saw that, you know, we had to shut down. It it was crazy. And honestly. It's going to take a miracle to get back above water. Well, you because believe in miracles. I do, and I believe I, I, in miracles. I do. I mean, my whole life, God has shown me, like, just when you about to give up, I'm coming through.
0: hmm
1: So I, you know,
0: I mean, just I, you know, it's it's funny, you know, when you started talking about Patterson, you know, me not living in Patterson, but knowing a lot of people, Patterson uh, people are very prideful. And I used to always mess with them about Lou Costello. And they'd be like, Yeah, yeah, we got a statue. He was the funniest comedian ever. And it's like, you know, as a child of Patterson and now a woman of Patterson to have your own club. I know that's gotta be like, in spite of the COVID, I know sometimes have you had that
1: chance to just take the deep breath yet? I you know, I'm teaching myself to do that. I'm teaching myself to enjoy no matter what it looks Cause It looks crazy right now. Like I need, like I got shows planned for this week and one ticket sold. I can't pay my rent off of one ticket. I can't, I can't stay there with one person a week buying a ticket. You know what I mean? Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm learning to, regardless of what happens, I did it.
0: You know, so I got, we got, we got your uh, website as well as your cash app on the bottom of the screen. One of the things that I know that on your website, you were, uh, it, you had said about the virtual show. Yeah. Explain, explain to the audience what the virtual show is about, What how it's done. I know sometimes you got to, you know, walk people through it and
1: yeah, some people may not understand it. Well, you know, the greatest thing about, um, the quarantine is that Zoom, the creator of Zoom was a genius, cause Zoom to Zoom right now is the big thing. So what we do at the club, um, we Zoom. You can purchase a Zoom ticket on my website, in in your bedroom, and your living room, and your kitchen, um, at work on your lunch break, you can Zoom in on. You can Zoom in live all the shows. So anywhere in the world, you know, you you purchase the ticket online. It's only $10 and you get a link inviting you to the zoom. The the show starts at eight. You click on the link and the host come on and we have the show. So you see, you see exactly what you would see if you were live. So it's almost like, um, the old school comedy shows right, right there, you know, on your phone. Um, so it's very simple. In fact, I'm really trying to, to, um, develop, the Zoom and the online, the virtual shows, the comedians are live in the club um, and you can zoom in. I'm really trying to get that national. I'm trying to get that people all over the world can zoom in on Monique's comedy club. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Cause believe it or not, it is, it is something new. And it, it may be a trend that we may
0: have to use for a while going forward. Absolutely. And if, and if you could perfect it and have your camera crew, right. And, you know, definitely that, uh, Maybe
1: not a Wi-Fi connection. You might need to hardwire everything because... uh, Well, you
0: know,
1: I'm looking into that. What do I need to do to make this solid? Yeah, and it's, you know, maybe it's a good thing that the club is not sold out right now because I'm still working out some kinks. You know, the space is allowing me to really, really focus on what I can do to make it better. You know, if if it was crowded and every show was packed, I, I wouldn't be able to see the little things I need to do to grow it. So we got
0: your we got your cash up. So a person, if they want to purchase a ticket to the virtual show, they just use
1: your cash app. No, they no, and no. They, how they, they do that? The they go to the website to so okay, www- go to the website. Yes. If you want to zoom in, you can go to www.moniquescomedyclub.com. You can purchase a ticket. Um, this shows every Wednesday, every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. On uh, Wednesday is clean comedy. So you can watch it with the children, your grandmother, your great grandmother with the family. All clean comedy, not gospel comedy necessarily, but clean comedy. Thursday, I try to uh bring out couple comedy. I, I want to do it where couples can date again. So I call it couples only comedy show. Um, because I feel like people don't date anymore. People don't, you know, mm. they don't date. So I wanted to do something where you can actually go on a date. You can zoom in together or you can come down to the club and be on a date. And then Fridays is set it off comedy. Ah, ah, ladies' night, you know. Um, it is what it is, comedy, you know, pop, lock, and drop comedy. Yeah. hmm Well, Monique, I
0: am gonna tell you you your, your story, even the even um the little bit that you share with us tonight is really inspirational. Um, yeah. you know, that that journey, you know, everybody has a testimony about their journey, and it's like amazing how. We choose a path. Um, you don't. You don't really know much about me personally, and um, I reached out to you, and you allowed um, yourself to come on my platform. But um, I know how it is to be where your son is at. Um, I've been there. Mm. I've been there to a couple spots, um, you know. And uh, one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is that when, not only when you go. And do what you have to do. Your family goes as well, mm. um, yes, and uh, right. your family has to deal with um, you having to adjust when you come home and um, yes. uh, realizing that you matured, society matured, but he matured in a different way under different circumstances. And um, absolutely, you know, uh, I've been there. Like I told you to. One of the other pages that I have on Facebook was inspired because of my situation, mm. um, because I know how it is with uh when you come home. Most people don't realize, you know, just getting a basic ID in the state of New Jersey is crazy, um, okay. because you need ID to get ID. Like um, I always mm. tell people, if you're from Jersey City, they had a big scandal with their birth certificates, so. In order to get an ID, if you're from Jersey City, you got to first go down to Trenton and get your birth certificate. Wow. And, you know, that that's a hassle um, if yeah. you don't have the family support or your family don't really understand how it is to just get back on your feet. Like mm-hmm. starting from new, literally right. a grown man or woman is right. literally starting out like a 17 year old with the permit the license, you know, right. the bank account, right. and so forth and so on. So, you know, I really, uh, you would really touch me with that. I mean, I, I know. I know. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, uh, I've always had a good support system, even though I didn't listen to them. But then sometimes in life, uh, things just click in our heads that just make okay. us realize uh, enough is enough. Uh, you right. know, like I told you, I got a lot of, guys that I know from, uh, Patterson and, you know, Patterson is one of those places I always say is, 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 is not really, I wouldn't consider it North Jersey. I consider Patterson more in New York because mm. it's like everybody from New York comes through Patterson, right. Passaic right. area. You know what I mean? It's well, like the suburbs, the suburbs. I grew up in union, the Voxo okay. union. So, okay. um, I always consider Patterson like you know the New York suburbs, I so to say. I'm so, bougie. No, I'm not bougie. <laughs> I'm not bougie. But um I really appreciate you uh allowing yourself to come on uh our my platform. Um, thank you for having me. And uh you know, we look forward to uh seeing you in the future. And um uh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna probably uh I'm going I'm gonna inbox you on Friday. I got an idea, I wanna try something. So, we could try to really help you out and um you know really really get people to understand that you know during covid we it's some things that we can do for entertainment, uh right. you know social distancing, you'll Ooh. get a good laugh, and like you said, people need to date people need to have that family night, and yes yeah yeah, yeah. so so uh, I really appreciate you, and I'm glad you could join us tonight, thank you, thank you for having
1: me, All
0: right. Do you have any uh,
1: final thoughts or, or comments you want to leave us with? Um, no, I just want to say, um, you know, I'm really thankful for COVID. I'm thankful. I'm sorry that, you know, so many people lost their life life during this crazy time. But if anybody walks out and not have a business plan, shame on you. Shame on you. Like God almost, God has given us all second chances. And to me, if you walked out of this, and that means that he's giving you a second chance to get it together. So, you know, I just want to encourage everyone to follow your dream. Don't wait. If You want to go back to school, go back to school. If you want to get therapy, you know, get some therapy. You know, if you want to, you know, whatever you want to do, just do it. You know, that's all I can say.
0: All right. Thanks for everybody joining us on Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope. And uh, Monique, once again, thanks
1: for joining us. Thank you for having me. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Take care.